0: Good there, Shabbos. We're about to begin. is HaShem, Shia number 45 in the Svarim of Reb Zalopliskin. We're in the safer of Kindness. And today we're going to talk about uh, the legitimate fear people have when they try to do chesed. And they hold back somewhat because they're afraid of being taken advantage of. And that's a legitimate um, concern. It's appropriate to be careful not to be cheated, not to be deceived. Um, the Chazal is brought down in Rashi, in in uh, say the Devarim Perachah base Pasik Dalid um, that uh, talks about people taking advantage and people who ask you to do something that they could really do themselves, but they're lazy and they want comfort. We're not obligated to help them. We're only help able uh, obligated to help those who carry the load that he cannot manage on his own. That's what Precantino talks about it. You know, if if, if, uh, he just sits back and doesn't help, and you just do everything to load or unload the animal, you're not mechayif. He has to do his piece too, and then you help him. And um, now here's a very important distinction. Sometimes it's a matter of you do chesed for people, but they don't have a karsatayv to you back, or they're not kind to you back, that's not being taken advantage of. It's nicer if they show a karsatayv, but they're not misusing you. They're just not giving you a certain kindness, a thank you, a that They really should, but they're not doing it. But that's not being taken advantage of. And if you give du despite the fact that the person is not kind in return, or is not showing akarsatayim in return, you're acting in an elevated manner. This is similar to when the terror tells you not to take nakama, and not to bear grudge, and, um, you know, he he never lends anything to you, and now he needs to borrow something from you, so the tarot says you shouldn't refuse to lend it to him, and you're not allowed to even say, you know, look, I'm not like you, and so on. Um, so, it is no, no, in other words, when you do chesed, the person who you're doing chesed for does not necessarily need to be a role model of being the biggest man in the world. And maybe if you're consistently kind to him, he'll eventually uh, be a kinder person himself. But let's say he never changes. they will never show the true type to you uh, and, and you're showing chesed upon the person you still need to do chesed in order to accomplish your mission in the world. And the harder it is, the more schar you'll get for doing that. But that's not called taking advantage. Taking advantage is they're really hurting you or harming you, or they're really not doing everything they could do themselves. And um, so it's very important to try to um, visualize this and re- recognize that I'm going to do chesed, despite the fact that I don't get uh, positive feedback, or they're not kind to be in return. But I will not allow myself to be kind when the person that I'm going to give do the kindness for is being abusive, or is taking advantage of me in 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 the in in the wrong way. Um, so you have that so- sometimes when you invite a guest uh, for Shabbos or or whatever it is. And you tell them to come sometime, Shabbos afternoon, whatever it is, and they just constantly come and keep on coming and walking in without permission or or just without asking and not, um, you know, um, respecting your borders. So you have a right to put your foot down, and you don't hold back the said because of these types of people. Instead, you do you put in those healthy borders. Another thing also that's difficult sometimes. Is, uh, you know, you give advice and they don't take your advice and you're resentful of that. And here he has a, 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 a piece here that talks about not to blame people if they don't follow your suggestions. So, an anecdote he says here is I give wonderful advice to people in many different areas. I tell people who have financial difficulties what they can do to increase their incomes, yet they don't do a thing that I advise them. I tell people how to increase their level of happiness. They don't try the exercises I suggest. I tell them how to get along better with other people, and they stupidly repeat their old patterns, even though they don't work well. I want to help, but most people are resistant to change. When I tell them it's their own fault, they become angry at me, and they don't take responsibility to improve their lives. So the truth is... And the result, this brings this very nicely, very clearly that when you try to help people and they don't listen to you, you have a choice. you could blame them for not being more open to what you have to say, or you can view it from another angle, say that maybe you didn't convince them the right way yet, or you didn't motivate them the right way yet, Maybe there's you know a way I could do it better, and that blame free attitude is much better; it helps you motivate your develop your skills, your talents in order to influence better. And, um, you know, you could ask them questions. What, what's stopping you from doing what I'm suggest, what, uh, suggesting? Uh, what objections, objections do you have? Um, you know, what's bothering you about it? And, um, you know, maybe if he's afraid to try your suggestions, maybe he has a valid reason why not. Maybe it's nothing to do with you per se, but he's afraid of that particular suggestion, and then you can help him overcome his fears if you talked about it in an open way. So that's another um, important concept, is that when people are resistant to your suggestions, don't um, be negative about it. You just try in different ways um, to help influence them and find out what they're worried about in regards to what, you're trying to tell them. And then he uses a... He calls us a a chapter where at the tail end of of this safer in kindness, probably one or two more, and then uh, we'll go to another safer of his on another mida. And anyway, so he talks about not using a hatchet. What does he mean? You know, he says there's an expression that says don't use a hatchet to remove a fly from your friend's forehead. Um, Meaning uh, many feel guilty. Um, might feel guilty doing what is uh, what the saying warns you not to. So, what it means is like this: you know, don't make don't when you're trying to do Chesed. Don't try to make the situation worse. And sometimes people need to evaluate that they're doing that. Um, for example, uh, you're trying to influence someone to improve. And become better, but in order to do that, you're pushing too hard, or you're being discouraging, or you're too lazy, you'll never get anywhere, or why can't you learn to do things right, or you know you can never learn things right uh, or or so on and so forth, or when a parent or teacher punishes a child uh, and yells and shouts at them uh, because they ch- the child's not listening or not studying properly, so your intention may be lata. It's for the child's best interest, but the approach is not correct, and um, we need to work on that. So, for example, here's a few examples of this, and this is so common. One writes, uh, when I was a young girl, my mother would try to motivate me to eat by saying, think of all those starving children in the world who would be happy if you eat this food. And my feeling sorry for those children took away my appetite. Or sometimes, you know, that guilt feeling, you know, and um, you, know, you had this, I, I know, from the some children from Holocaust survivors that uh, got upset when they threw away food, you know, uh, but to an extreme because uh, in the camps they, they had to do that. So that that's the idea. So another ex- anecdote is that when I didn't do my homework, my teacher would embarrass me in front of the entire class and it didn't make me love doing homework It made me hate the subject that the teacher was trying to teach me. And um, I didn't call home very frequently. And when I did call home, the first reaction was, why didn't you call until now? Why did you make us worry about you? It made me feel more guilty. And I disliked hearing it, so I kept pushing off making those telephone calls to my parents. And I wish they would just simply say, we're so happy to hear from you. And I would call them more often, if you, you know, to be, you know, to be more happy for you. You have this uh, a lot of times, um, you know, when you push people uh, to do something, even though if you you're well-meaning about it, but if you overdo it, they'll withdraw. So you have to be very, very careful about that. Uh, another anecdote: someone said that when my friend told me about mistakes he made, I used to react, "How could you have messed such a messed up such an easy thing?" And he wanted my suggestion about what to do to prevent those mistakes. Only later, I found out that my reaction stopped him from confiding in me. You know, because I was too pushy. So, that's an important thing as well. So, there are challenges when you're performing chesed for somebody. This year, we talked about Sometimes they could take advantage of you. And we talked about the difference between taking advantage of you or simply not being warm or kind in return. Then you do the chesed, even if you're not shown appreciation. But if you can get hurt by them, uh, then you have a right to put a border there as you're doing that chesed. And uh, another thing is not to blame people for not following your suggestions. Just you're open to them and try to find out why, maybe, so that you can help them and um, and try to understand why they're resisting the suggestions he's trying to make. And also, don't be counterproductive when you're performing chesed. Don't get angry, don't get pushy, because uh, that will just push people away. And um, again, so chesed comes with boundaries. Chesed comes with certain rules. And, um, you know, there are personalities that have the k'iches nefesh that just give and give and give, and they don't get hurt by anything. And they you have special neshamas like that. You have neshamas, for example, husband and wife together even, where they have a f- totally open house. People come in all all hours of the day and night, and they just waltz into the kitchen, and they give them food, and they have a little basement where they could, oh, you want to sleep? Sure. you know. So you have gifted people like that, where they're so open and they don't feel threatened, and they don't need those borders, and they're happy without those borders. But most of the people you know, that exist in the world, by nature, they cannot do that. They need that structure, and um, they have a right to do chesed within that structure, like like the examples we gave before. And if that's going to, creating those borders, or learning not to be taken advantage of, um, and, um, you know, if that will help you do more chesed ultimately, it's Kedai certainly to, to, to put place those precautions there. And, um, you know, if someone's being very destructive in, by your giving them the chesed, like I talked about it also, you have, I know some people that they have, it's a Bungal Kalmy life, sort of, even in the city, uh, but sometimes in the country where um, you know you allow your your children your fre- your the friends of your children to come into your house Shabbos afternoon to play, but sometimes it becomes such a Rosh they just waltz in without asking. They open your own fridge, uh, you know, as if they live there. Uh, so again, you know, you have to know your personality if you're in such a high level where these things don't bother you that's part of your you know you look at your friends your children uh those children like my children they're part of the family no difference that's beautiful that's really really beautiful but there is nothing wrong with placing some borders and hey, you can't knock first or if we tell you you know we shabbos afternoon there's certain hours where we take naps so it's quieter don't come then and they need to learn to respect those borders. Have a wonderful shaman.